Welcome to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Papp and Reggie Rizzo bringing you some of the more interesting stories of the day. On today's episode, ancient Amazon cities have been located. The feds play fun police with highway signs. Plus, this day in history, the hat that caused a riot. Coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Archaeologists have revealed a fascinating discovery in the heart of the Amazon rainforest where a network of lost cities home to at least 10,000 farmers around 2,000 years ago have been uncovered. The findings published in the journal Science showcased the remarkable complexity of civilization that thrived in the Amazon's Upano Valley between 500 BC and 300 to 600 AD. The initial observations of earthen mounds and buried roads in Ecuador were made over two decades ago by archaeologist Stefan Rostan. The use of LIDAR, light detection, and ranging technology played a crucial role in these revelations. The laser technology uncovered not only the earthen mounds, but also ancient roads, plazas, streets, and an agricultural drainage system. LIDAR's success in unveiling hidden structures in forested areas has been demonstrated in various architectural projects. According to Rostan, who directs investigations at France's National Center of Scientific Research, quote, it was a lost valley of cities. It's incredible. More than 6,000 earthen mounds supported residential and ceremonial buildings, supported by agricultural fields with drainage canals. The extensive road system, with roads as wide as 33 feet and stretching for 6 to 12 miles, connected different urban centers, creating a regional-scale network. Archaeologist Anton Dorison, a co-author of the study, estimates the population of this multi-city network to be at least 10,000 and possibly as high as 30,000 at its peak. This level of occupation and the complexity of the society were described by University of Florida archaeologist Michael Heckenberger as, for the region, really a class of its own in terms of how early it was, end quote. The study highlights the immense labor required to build such infrastructure in the Amazon, unlike the Incas and Mayas who used stone, the Upano people built with mud, showcasing an elaborate system of organized labor. They added that these findings challenged the perception of the Amazon as a pristine wilderness with only small groups of people. According to the researchers, as secrets of the Amazon continue to be uncovered, these findings add to the growing body of evidence showcasing the diverse and intricate societies that thrived in the region long before European contact. The ancient Upano civilization with its lost valley of cities contributes to the evolving understanding of human history in the Amazon rainforest. I'm always fascinated on how much we find in the Amazon. I mean, it's such obviously a large area, but it seems like there's constantly new discoveries being found in the Amazon. Well, and the elaborateness, I don't know if that's a word or a proper descriptor, but the fact that we're uncovering something like this where you go, man, it almost feels like they were much more advanced than we previously thought, or maybe just my own perception was that it was less than modern in many ways and now you hear about all the things that they had and it does very much sound modern no we're not talking about technology and uh, cell phones and things like that but you have roadways and things of that nature they were much further along than my own perception would have led me to believe yeah the organization that people had back then was clearly way more advanced than we thought you you have to be organized in order to build all these structures, the roadways, there has to be a planning involved. It's just not something somebody throws together. Yeah, always fascinating, like you said. Will be interesting to see what we uncover next. 
Well, no one's ever accused the federal government of having a sense of humor, and they're once again showing their aversion to whimsy. Per an AP report, humorous and quirky messages on electronic signs will soon disappear from highways and freeways across the country. This after the U.S. Federal Highway Administration recently gave states two years to implement all changes outlined in its new 1,100-page manual. That's got to be fun reading. Including rules that specify how signs and other traffic control devices are regulated. Administration officials said overhead electronic signs with obscure meanings, references to pop culture, or those intended to be funny will be banned in 2026 because they can be misunderstood or distracting to drivers. Okay, two questions here. Anecdotally, I don't see why these signs are such a problem. Frankly, they're at times more relatable, and I would think that might stand a better chance of resonating with drivers. That said, if these signs are so distracting and the government can somehow prove they're causing roadway accidents or incidents, why is there a two-year window before they're actually banned? Red why tape. Wouldn't this... <laughs> I, 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 I guess. that's You're right. That's probably it. I mean, that sums up the government. But you would think, hey, go into effect immediately. We probably should start saving lives right away, not in two years. It's not something that requires like a massive infrastructure overhaul. It's literally just not typing these messages into the computers used to put up the signs. Hey, they've already written two years worth of jokes. You can't not let them use them. (laughs) You know what? Exhaust your catalog here. Throw it up there. And by 2026, we're done with it. Well, if you're asking yourself this question, what is the U.S. Federal Highway Administration? You're not alone. Uh, it sounds official, but I'd never heard of it either. It's actually part of the U.S. Department of Transportation. Their new manual dictates that signs should be, quote, simple, direct, brief, legible, and clear, end quote, and only be used for important information, such as warning drivers of crashes ahead, adverse weather conditions, and traffic delays. Seatbelt reminders and warnings about the dangers of speeding or driving impaired are also allowed. The AP report actually provided a few of the recent attempts at roadside humor, all of which will be disappearing in the next couple of years. They include, quote, use ya blinka in Massachusetts. Of course, a little nod to the accent there. Visiting in-laws, slow down, get there late from Ohio. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, solid. Uh, don't drive star-spangled hammered from Pennsylvania. Hocus Pocus Drive with Focus from New Jersey and Hands on the Wheel, Not Your Meal from Arizona. Now, out of all the states, Arizona is near the top when it comes to funny road signs, as you probably would expect, mainly in the Phoenix area. The state features over 300 electronic signs positioned above its highways, and over the past seven years, the State Department of Transportation has organized a competition to discover the wittiest and most imaginative messages for these signs. Representative David Cook, a Republican from Globe, told Phoenix TV station CBS 5 that Arizonans enjoy the humor of it all and expressed frustration with the federal mandate, quote, why are you trying to have the federal government come in and tell us what we can do in our own state? Prime example that the federal government is not focusing on what they need to be, end quote. Now, I'm not going to go down some political wormhole here, but in terms of this particular issue, it does seem a little bit, uh, you know, uh, out of bounds for me, Reggie. In I've been to Arizona many times living in Nevada, and I often do see these humorous signs. I laugh. And frankly, I think the message probably, as I said at the top of this story, 
resonates a little bit more than just reading some bland old dictation of don't do this or please do this. And I kind of hope that that's the intent behind it all is it's a little bit funny. And so maybe people take it to heart and actually uh, not everyone, because you can never expect that, but more people obey what's being asked of them. I do think you probably see them more or you pay attention more like, hey, there's a sign. Oh, that one's oh, blah, blah, blah. It's funny or whatever yeah. versus wear your seatbelt. You know, I'm, I'm going to go yeah. with that one probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that, oh, everybody's going to fall in line just because it was funny. But at the same time, does it stand a better chance of resonating? Is it, you have to get their Anecdotal? attention first. Exactly. Like anything you do, you have to get someone's attention and therefore then you can you can push your message out. So I would like to see data that suggests, oh, these funny signs are actually causing more accidents than they're preventing. And if if you can provide that, okay, I get it. I understand. Makes sense. Then let's go back to being straightforward and just get the message out there. But at this point, why is this the focus? And why do we need an 1,100-page manual to dictate what's going on on the uh, freeways and highways out there? That seems to be a bit excessive. Maybe they worded every single one that they've had in the past that they don't want in there. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine having to be an individual who has to read through that entire thing to ensure you are complying with federal mandates. Oi. Taking a look at this day in history, probably one of my favorite ones we've done so far. This one leads to well, a riot. The first top hat was worn in public on this day in 1797. The man who gave it a head start into fame and fashion was haberdasher John Hetherington, who on this day appeared in court after he stepped out onto the streets of London wearing the distinctive headgear. It caused <laughs> a sensation. So much so that a crowd formed and Hetherington was eventually arrested and given a summons for breach of peace and inciting a riot. In court, he was found guilty of wearing a hat that, quote, calculated to frighten timid people and was fined a sum of 500 pounds, which would almost be 62,000 pounds or 80,000 U.S. dollars today. Hetherington called it a silk hat, which was offered as evidence. Now, what on earth? Because I tie everything back to Seinfeld, it reminds me of the episode where Elaine's friend, you know, she she gave her the undergarment and uh, she walked down the street that way and it caused Jerry and Kramer to crash. I mean, it's just so absurd. Sir, your hat caused a commotion. Therefore, you're liable. Like, come on. Well, the arresting officer told the court that nobody had seen anything like it before. From the article following the arrest, the officer said, quote, he had such a tall and shiny construction on his head that it must have terrified nervous people. <laughs> the sight of this. Who are these nervous people? <laughs> Who are these well, nervous people that are like, my God, it's a tall hat. The sight oh of this God. construction was so overstated that several women fainted at the unusual sight while children <laughs> screamed, dogs yelped, and the younger son of Cordwainer Thomas, who was returning from the Chandler shop, was thrown down by the crowd, which collected and had broken his right arm. Sounds like good publicity to me for the top hat. <laughs> well, Hetherington claimed that he had not violated any law of the kingdom, but was merely exercising a right to appear in a headdress of his own design, a right not denied to any Englishman, which I think is a good argument. I mean, it is a hat and he did create it. <laughs> I just can't get over how ridiculous <laughs> This is, I mean, I know it's 1797 and the laws and uh, 
whatever you want to say of, of society, just the way people behave in general, what's acceptable, what's not was, was vastly different. But the fact that you put on a hat that's slightly different from what everyone else is wearing and suddenly you're, you're in a courtroom. My God. Well, the next day, the times newspaper reported quote, Hetherington's hat points to a significant advance in the transformation of dress. Sooner or later, everyone will accept this headwear. We believe that both the court and the police made a mistake here. End quote. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the newspaper was right. The top hat, which went by several names, including toppers, beaver hat, silk hat, chimney pots, and stovepipes, grew in popularity 30 years later. It became popular with all social classes, even the working man. The upper class usually wore ones made of felted beaver fur, hence the name beaver hat. The lower class version, known as the stuff hat, were made of non-fur felts. Uh, what is funny is it ended up becoming part of the uniforms worn by some policemen and postmen. You know, the policemen who arrested him ended up wearing the hat as their uniform. <laughs> it achieved a royal seal of approval in 1850 when Prince Albert began to wear one. And of course, you can't think of Abraham Lincoln without wearing one. And it is said that he kept documents and letters inside his hat. Well, how absurd of a story. And it, as you said, one of the most iconic presidents in U.S. history was noted for wearing one at all times. I like I get it. All right. I mean, try to think about it in today's terms. Somebody walks down the street wearing I can't even imagine it's just something totally bizarre and out of character for society at this time. It's going to draw attention, but nobody's going to look at that person and go, you're committing a crime by drawing attention to yourself. Well, I could see more of an argument of like the first time a woman wore a bikini, you know, when usually they all wore like the whole, you know, swim gear that covered your entire body. The first bikini I could see being people like, whoa, whoa, but a hat that's just bigger than the rest. I mean, really? It's just I'm a slightly bigger hat. That's all it is. Reminded of Norm MacDonald on Celebrity Jeopardy. It's funny because it's bigger than a normal sized hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, this is one of my favorite this day in history because it's so outlandish on why everyone was freaked out over oh a top God. hat. Yeah. Wow. Riots. Dogs yelping. <laughs> <laughs> Women fainting. Children crying. <laughs> Pure chaos, all due to one man wearing a hat. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Venkman. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of Cool Stuff Ryan Home. Uh, if you're going out, don't wear your top hat. You might get in trouble. We Pay attention to those humorous road signs if you're out as well. Yeah, you won't be seeing them much longer. Feel free to email us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram as well. I'm Reggie Rizzo. He's Marcus Path. We'll be back with another edition tomorrow.